Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tuesdays at Alexandra's. Today, we are talking all about making mistakes. Make some mistakes, but learn something from them. Yeah, and, and review then, your mistakes. Yeah, review them and then reframe going yeah. forward. Yeah, and if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. That little clip you just heard was from my conversation with Henry Davis, who joined me this week to discuss making mistakes and why they're not the end of the world. This episode is obviously very special because it is the first time I have had a guest on the podcast with me and I am very, very pleased that Henry had time in his very busy schedule to be able to be on the podcast. Our conversation was quite long so we'll get right into it but I just thought I would introduce Henry a little bit so you all get to know who he is. Like I said in the interview, Henry is a counsellor at the City of Burnside. He is a tax lawyer and also a CFS firefighter. But in addition to all of those various responsibilities, he is also someone who is involved in a million things and has more hobbies than even I can keep track of. Henry is also a great friend of mine and someone who I consider to be a mentor. And so I'm very, very thankful that he found the time to discuss the sorts of things that I get to hear on a daily basis with all of you, and I hope you enjoy the interview. All right, so we are joined by Henry Davis, who is a counsellor at the City of Burnside, a tax lawyer, and among a lot of other things, a volunteer firefighter for the Burnside CFS. CFS. (laughs) CFS. Well, I think that'll probably come into what we're talking about in a second. But, um, you know, thanks for having me, Alex. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know Henry, I met Henry through my involvement with politics. And then I uh, did some clerking at the law firm which he works at. And we have a lot of conversations about a lot of things and a lot of life advice. Yes, a lot of philosophy going on. Yeah, a lot of philosophy, (laughs) maybe more philosophy than legal work sometimes. Never. Um, So today we thought that we would talk with you all about failure and and why failure is an important thing. Um, Henry, you've got some pretty strong opinions here. Did you want to start us off? Yeah, absolutely. I think... I mean, how, how many of us have, have um, been afraid of failure and, and actually getting something done or something holding us back um, because we're afraid to, to make a mistake? And I, and I think a lot of people, you know, you can, you can identify with this over lots of things. If you're a lawyer, it could be getting a statement of claim wrong. If you're, you know, a year 12 student, it could be not doing so well in your exams or if you're doing uni, um, obviously failing an exam. But I think one of the biggest things which are, which is holding you know, people our demographic. Am I still in your, dem- you know, age group? No, maybe not. We'll classify it. We're going. Yeah, to- I'm still youth. I'm We're still going youth. under 35. So yeah, we'll under 35. Yeah. Is, um, you know, they're going through university and then somebody says, well, what do you want to do with your life or what do you want to do next? And I think so many people have trouble picking that. And I think that the reason is because they don't want to make a mistake with, with their future. And I think that a lot of people have shame over not being able to find a job, for example, and and so I think that there's a lot of opportunity, huge number of opportunities in life to fail, and they can be absolutely crippling um, for people. Um, and my message is, it's perfectly fine to fail, I suppose. Yeah. So let's 
sort of take it back to year 12 because that's sort of when you yep. start to become an adult. Um, personally, I was always very sure that I wanted to be a lawyer. I mm-hmm. knew that's what I wanted to do. Did you know that you wanted to go to uni? What was your year 12 experience like? God, what did I, want? I wanted to be an astrophysicist. <laughs> um, so, and I was too busy talking to people. I mean, I was, I, I failed pretty much all, all my schooling. So every single year, every single class, um, I did it all in French, which is probably an excuse, but I would get eight out of 20 um, in pretty much everything. You know, if I got a 12, that was a, that was a good good subject. Um, and then when it came to year 12, I didn't do well at all. Um, and I did the IB and I actually failed two of my exams um, going through it. So I failed physics and also chemistry. Um, and then I resat them and then passed the IB uh, and then went and, you know, joined the Air Force and, you know, did all that kind of stuff. Um, but it wasn't because I was stupid, I suppose, but uh, maybe that was the case. But um, it's just because I wasn't that interested and my heart wasn't in, in it. So, but I mean, my parents were, my father was a shearer and my mother was, you know, a, a rouse about with him and they used to run ski lodges. And so they never really put that much pressure on me to pass school. So I never really had a, you know, I, yeah, it's, I suppose it's kind of embarrassing in, in many ways, but it, it hasn't really affected me in any way. So, I mean, how much pressure to, yeah. I, th- I think what you just said, though, was so interesting. It's like, okay, you failed an exam and then you retook it. Like, yeah. it wasn't that big of a deal. But if I think back to my, like, 17-year-old self, the thought of failing anything mm. was, like, the end of the world. My whole future was going to implode. There was, you know, if I failed that one math test, then I was done for. Yeah. And that's, like, so not the case. Mm. And you learn that, you know, like you said, you just retook the exam and you got to move on and you got to... Yeah, it hasn't held me back at all. No, and yeah, life didn't end, the world didn't collapse, mm. and mistakes were made and lessons were learned. Yeah. Um, so you joined the Air Force. Yeah, um, and I did that for two years and got air sick, which was fun. Um, and then, you know, even though I didn't do so well in year 12, I just went and did the stat test and that's how I got into uni. Yeah. Um, and if it hadn't been that way, then I wouldn't have had the experience in the middle, which actually made me then value my law degree and then I said to myself well I actually want to pass this um, but am I going to get HDs no I'm not you know all I need is to pass I need a degree and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go sailing I'm going to go running I'm going to go work in a political office I'm going to go and get a whole bunch of other experience and to me all those other experiences were far more valuable than you know the, the law degree which was just one part of it but I think I suppose like the biggest failure that people are having or facing at the moment is, well, can they get a job? Will they be able to get a job after law? Um, you know, if you're doing a law degree, are they going to get a job in the law? And I think some people are so terrified of failing that part of themselves or, you know, that aspect that they don't give it a red hot go. And that that to me is the biggest result. of Like that will definitely result in failures if you don't try. Yeah. And the more things you try, the better you're going to get. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think the more things you try, the more lessons you learn because yeah. you've made mistakes. Yeah. Um, that's something Henry always talks to me about when I make mistakes in work is that it's okay to make the mistakes, but you have to learn something from them and you have to take something away mm-hmm. so that you're improving 
and becoming better and so that you're not making those same mistakes you'll make different mistakes in the future but you've learned something you've been shown why that was wrong and then you can take a lesson away from it yeah and i think if you're not in many ways if you're not making mistakes you're you're not trying hard enough because you know you're 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 in a position that is so safe that you have prevented yourself from failing that you're in such an easy position that you just can't screw up and if you're in that position you're not learning anything um and so i you know it's kind of like in chess is you don't learn from your victories. If you go back, and this is often, I always do this, right? Yeah. If I'm playing, I like chess, I'm you know, not that good at it. Um, but I always go back and I go and review the games where I did well because, you know, they're gratifying. And you, you go through and you go, yep, I, I smashed that game. And then you lose a game, I don't go and review those games. Yeah. But I should be, right? And I know that internally. And I know that I, those are the games that are actually valuable to me, not the ones where I did well. Yeah, you're learning so much more where you've made the mistakes or things Absolutely. haven't gone to plan. Yeah. And, like, you'll learn some lessons from doing things right, but you don't learn anywhere near as much. Yeah, it's it's only when – and it's about criticism, right, as well, is because what you should be seeking in life is criticism and you should be given an opportunity to fail as much as yeah. possible. So if you're failing, if someone's criticising you, then you're learning and you're getting better. But if nobody's criticizing you, if no one's telling you that you could do better, um, then you're not learning and you're not improving on your greatest asset, which is yourself and your knowledge and your skill set. And I think that that's the greatest shame is when people are so afraid of criticism, they're they're so afraid to do something wrong, they never improve and in which case they'll never get any better. Yeah, and I think a big part of that is also just the fear of looking stupid or, like, the fear Mm. that people will think that you're stupid. And I think that's especially common in, like, university classrooms where people might have an answer but they just don't speak up because they don't want their peers or their teacher or whoever it is to think they're stupid. But the ones who say what they think it is or try to have a go at explaining it, that's the ones who are getting the most out of the class. Yeah, yeah. Well, like yeah. I'm doing my um, my masters at the moment at Melbourne Uni, and for the the two courses that I've been there, it's just been a one on one seminar between yeah. the lecturer and myself. And oh, I never shut up in class. Yeah. I keep talking all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I mean, that's what you want because you've got like they ask a question, and, and I it's go, crickets. Yeah, "Yeah, it's crickets." And so I'm like, "Well, I'll give everyone you know a couple of seconds," and I'm like, "Well, you know, this guy's worth four hundred bucks an hour, or." you know, one of our other lectures, she was excellent, like they're barristers. And I've got you and I can sit down for 40 hours <laughs> and just have a one-on-one seminar with these very intelligent people. Yeah. And not everyone else is just watching. But I'm saying, well, this was my thought process. This is how I got to that. I use this case and this case. And they go, no, you're wrong because of this, white, you know, this, this, this. And I go, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. And everyone else is just watching this happen. But uh, to my mind, that's such a lost opportunity for them of people who don't, want to venture what they're thinking yeah. because they're never they're never going to get any better unless you make the mistake yourself. Also, how many people do you remember speaking in any of the classes or any of the things you've done in your yeah. life? Like I could not tell you a single other person aside from myself that has spoken a class or asked any dumb questions or anything. Yeah. And like you think I like I do it I'm guilty of it where you're like, "Oh, I'm going to look stupid. Maybe I just won't say anything. Maybe I won't do that." Yeah. But no one else is remembering. Yeah, but I mean, how many people, I mean, I was always the annoying guy who wouldn't <laughs> shut up, you know, <laughs> you get that tag for sure, but if you ask too many, but 
you know, how many people remember, like, if you're listening to this and you went to uni from me, do you remember me asking a silly question? Um, and I think that, I think it's really important to realize that everybody around you probably wants you to succeed. Yeah. They actually want you to do well. I mean, how many times, I suppose, you know, if, if somebody in, in class or in uni has to give up a presentation, you would have had someone in your class go up and give them a presentation. When have you ever thought that every time somebody stands up and you go, wow, I hope they bomb out because I hate this person. And oh, because never. You know, yeah. yeah. You'd never want anyone else to fail. No. Uh, and, um, well, maybe it's one or two. Yeah. yeah I, oh, mate. I'm trying to pretend <laughs> I'm a good person. Yeah, no, we're, no we, we wouldn't. But, I mean, you, you don't have 30 people in your class all wishing that you'd screw up. Um, they actually want you to succeed. And, and I think that when people give criticism, like your teacher at school, they want you to succeed, but some people take it so personally, they take it as a fault in themselves. But something that I always espouse or very conscious of is that, you know, you have faults. Absolutely, we have faults. Um, and you don't have to necessarily hide them from everybody. I mean, we do our personal faults, right? But, you know, if you can get better as you go on, first of, first of all, you need to recognize that there's something wrong. And then second of all, go and try and fix them. Um, and how are you ever going to realize there's something wrong unless you put yourself out there? Yeah. I mean, I when I make a mistake, I like to tell people that I've made a mistake because it's so much easier and it's so much, like, to resolve whatever yeah. that mistake is. It's so much faster to just be like, hey, Henry, I deleted a document. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, okay, I've got a spare copy saved instead of me being like, I'm going to spend the next 50 it. hours of my life trying to rewrite that document. Oh, the I've got a great example of that. There was It was a in an accounting firm i heard this story it was a it was a junior and you know as an accountant their job was to make the books balance and they have the two spreadsheets that to make sure the debits i don't understand what debits and credits are but, (laughs) (laughs) um but the um you know down the bottom of they had a sum total at the bottom and it was out didn't agree one said you know 1300 the other one said 1200 and so it was a junior accountant and so what they decided to do was to delete one of the numbers, which is a sum total formula, and just type in the number they want. And then, of course, it goes off to their manager. Their manager reviews it and goes, yep, they balance, and then goes off to the director. And the director goes through and goes, they don't, they don't match. Yeah. And the junior, rather than making the mistake saying, I can't, I can't fix it, I don't know what the answer is, deletes the formula, like... Yeah, and it's also it's so easy for someone like you, or if you you know oh. if you were an accountant to look at that and be like, oh okay, you forgot this one thing, or you've used yeah. a slightly old version of the formula. The new formula is this, yeah, and it would take maybe half an hour to be like, oh okay, this is a problem. Let's fix it. Yeah. But then you've wasted so much uh, like time oh, and the risk. Yeah, and the risk and like what if they don't find it? Yeah, exactly. And so that's that's the thing you have to be okay enough with making mistakes and yeah. owning up that you don't know everything and that you have made a mistake or something's gone wrong Yeah, yeah. and telling people, because if you don't, it's ultimately so much worse. Yeah. And also I think, um, you know, something that is a, I suppose, good tip for, for any junior lawyer as well, or anybody working in any field is that, you know, say if you, say if you have a task and you know how to do 50% of it, the other, the other 50% of it, you're not sure how to do. As you know, especially in law is probably a good example because you're just typing words on a page. Yeah. Well, you can you can have a go and try and get have a guess. Just guess. Guess what the answer is, and spend the extra time and guess what the answer is, and then go to your boss and then say, 
okay, well, I think I, I know that this 50% is right, but this 50% is probably wrong and I need you to review this because I think this is wrong. And yeah. normally when you're drafting, you're going to go, well, I know these things are right because I just know it. But these things I'm not so sure about, but I still made them up and hopefully they're right. And your boss will go, oh, you're, you're almost there and then tweak it or you go, no, that's just completely wrong. Let's start again. Yeah. But either way, you're, you've gone through the process. Also, the thing that you always say to me, which like no one has really said before, but is such an insightful thing, is don't just go to someone with a problem. Go to someone with like, hey, look, this yeah. is what I think is wrong, but this is how I am going to fix it. And this is how I think we should fix it. So I've tried it. I've sort of taken the steps, mapped it out yeah. or whatever, and I got somewhere with it. Yeah. What do you think? Well, yeah, I, always, I said, don't ask me yes or no. Uh, only ask me yes or no yeah. questions. <laughs> so you don't say, what should we do next? I say, yeah, you tell me what your answer is. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is it's just easier for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'll, I'll claim it as some kind of like development thing, but it's more of a, you know, if you can put it as a proposition, I think we should do A, B, C. It's so much easier for the other person then to think about that and go yes or no rather than going what should we do. Yeah, and it also it also shows that you've thought about it. Yeah. You haven't just hit a problem and be like, not too hard, I give up. Yeah. It goes, okay, I've spent some time thinking this through and these are probably things that I know yeah. we can do from like what I've studied, what I've learned on the job or whatever. Yeah. But I've kind of got some path forward and yeah. it's not a complete lost cause. Yeah, and it might be A, B and D. Yeah. So A, C is just wrong. But you've got an A and B, and so you're almost there. And I think it's very different, right, is in, in school to actual working life, the way that we think about things, you know, it's not pass-fail in real life, Yeah. right? It's you go to school and you either get less than 50 or more than 50. And, you know, some people put even more connotations on them is to get, you know, even higher, you know, like – Get 51% in my view is once you got your degree, that's all you need. That's You just need the degree. I'm not looking at law clerk. As a lawyer, when we're interviewing people, I'm not looking at their marks. I don't care what marks you get yeah. because it's can you do the work then? It's You need to be able to pass the course and get a piece of paper. But just because you get a HD doesn't mean you're going to do well. Um, and just because you fail doesn't mean you're going to do badly. Um, it's more about you and whether you're going to learn quickly. We'll yeah. keep that in mind when I fail all of my final yeah, subjects. Yeah, would, yeah. Well, I'll play this recording back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, just yeah. Put that, bring that back. I've got a transcript here for you. Yeah. Remember when he said it was okay yeah. to fail everything <laughs> and it didn't matter at all? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the other side that I sort of wanted to touch on was the long-term effects on, like, your future or whatever of mm. failure. And I think for me, a big thing mm. that I struggle with is I think when things go wrong, it just means it's all over. Doom and gloom, like the world ends, there's no future. Yeah. Like if I fail a law subject, yeah. I'm never getting a job as a lawyer. I've wasted all of this money on my law degree. Like goodbye future. Yeah. But that's so, like something I'm working on, but I think a lot of people need to work on where it's okay to make mistakes. And even if you do like fail a uni subject, it's not ideal, but... Yeah if you can go back and learn and see where you've made your mistakes and really improve and take away the lessons. Mm. But you also might have had a really good reason to. Yeah. I mean, um, I've said to, you know, I, like it's kind of a weird thing to say, but, you know, um, any anybody who wants to be a lawyer, it's important to understand how to read and write. But in my view, it's really important to understand people. That's the that's the bigger thing about law, for example, is understanding how people work. Yeah. 
um, and understanding um, how the world works. And so, you know, if you get 51 in law, in all your law subjects, but you went and did sailing or chess club or drama and acting and you can speak and you can read poetry and you can go and do other things, but you're still committed to law. Um, if you did mooting and all that kind of stuff, like if you if you were doing other things, it just because, you know, if, if you're fa- like, I, I guess that comes down to like determination as well. Yeah. So it doesn't just mean you should be just sitting there watching Netflix. And to me, that's the biggest thing, the, re- the biggest reason for failure or lack thereof because they're not trying hard enough is they're sitting there watching Netflix. Um, and they should be, I think people should be working whether you're at uni, you don't spend 40 hours a week, you know, what are you doing with the other 40 okay. hours a week, you know, just sitting around doing nothing. Well, you should be out there learning new skills and doing, you know, working for free and um, working in a political office to try and develop your skills and trying to find opportunities to fail. And determination for me is a much more valuable quality than getting a high distinction. Yeah. I think something you said to me once, which was like, it's more important to surround yourself by the people who are where you want to be and juggle lots of things and see how it goes and like make mistakes along the way. Yeah. And that's so much more important than getting a HD on a subject. Yeah. And it works. Like if I'm in the office all the time, I go home and I actually do my uni work. So I only have a few hours a night to do it. Yeah. And so it gets done. It's not me procrastinating, spending, you know, 30 hours doing an assignment that really should take five hours. Yeah. I mean, you're awake for 16 hours in a day. Yeah. I mean, how many hours of those do you waste? And I, I suppose like a, a quote for me, which was really important um, and it still is to my life is it was from the Catch Me If You Can movie where the guy said um, there was two, two mice who fell into a bucket of cream. One mouse gave up and promptly drowned and the other um, churned so hard they turned that cream into butter and walked out, right? <laughs> to me, that's a fundamental thing is that it's really your drive and your desire to succeed that will t- determine your success not whether you fell into the bucket or not, but but rather that how hard you try at something and how many times you give it a go, you're far more likely to um, to have a positive outcome if you try harder than everybody else. Yeah. You know? And I think everyone tells each other. I mean, what, if you look at across the, the classroom and you look at somebody else who's doing better than you, why did they succeed and you didn't? Um, and how can you get there? I mean, people do start with better positions, right? They might have... Um, their parents might be lawyers or they might come from more money or they went to a private school or they ran on nicer grass, you know, at year 12. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's the person who's relentless in pursuing something they want to achieve who's probably going to be more successful than somebody who doesn't try. Yeah. So shifting gears a little bit, mm. let's talk about good failure versus bad failure. Yeah. Because there's definitely like if you fail at something and you learn an important lesson and you can apply that lesson, that's a good failure. But there are also bad failures. So what would you classify as a bad failure? Well, for me, failing at 12 was a bad failure. Yeah. Because I didn't learn anything from it. Just failed and just didn't do well because I just didn't pay attention. Yeah. So did that make me stronger? No, it didn't Um, because I was too busy doing other things. Um, And I didn't learn anything from it because I just didn't care. And my teachers would always say, oh, Henry, you have so much potential. And I'd be like, yeah, but I do rowing in the morning and got archery and choir lessons and everything else. But then good failure to me is where you're going from um, 
you know, like any any kind of junior, you're you, you're given a task, you get not even close to where you're supposed to be going, but you've tried, and then you learn something from it, and you try again, and then you then you succeed. Yeah. Um, and and I, well, actually, here's a here's a great example, right? You know where those TV like those kids TV shows? Yeah. Where like I, I saw one, it was um, where there was a bike thief in town. So what do <laughs> they do, right? Yeah. It was weird. It was, you know, kids' shows. So there's like this bike thief. So what do they do? They go out and buy a bike and then they watch the bike to try and catch the bike thief. And so they're sitting in the bushes to try and catch the bike thief, but then they get distracted. And so then, oh, they get distracted because somebody dropped their ice cream or something. And then the bike keeps on and steals the bike. And it's like, oh no, now we have to come up with a completely new strategy. How many, like, so many TV shows, especially when you're growing up, like, let's try something. Oh, it fails. Let's try something else. Oh, it fails. Well, no, no, do the same thing again and just don't get distracted because you had a really good strategy. Don't abandon what you were doing before or all the progress you've made. Like, do it again and try again. And the thing that made you fail wasn't your strategy. It was the fact that you got distracted from your from watching the bike. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's actually so interesting. I don't know is, if you remember those shows No, at all. but now that you said it, it makes complete sense because it's like, oh, one thing goes wrong once, new plan. Yeah. Start over, like, that yeah. can't possibly be right. But that's not really. It doesn't make like, sense. Like, imagine doing that with a client file. It's like, oh, yeah. we, we lost one thing. No, we're not even going to try appeal yeah. it. Like, it's it's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you just never, you would never do that in real life. No. It's but, like. Yeah, I screwed up my, I burnt my sandwich with I'm my toasty. I'm never eating a sandwich again, <laughs> right? And how many people do that? Like, um, I, I suppose I did it recently. I was on, I had an interview with Peter Gers um, yeah. and a socialist um, guy and they, it ripped me, right? It's, I was unprepared, didn't know what I was going into. It was a terrible, terrible interview. Don't look it up. I'll play the audio right yeah, now. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> But then, and then I did get criticism, but I said, look, okay, I didn't do very well. And I called up my father-in-law and he said, Henry, you could have done better. I was like, (laughs) okay, so it was crap. All right. Well, then the next interview I did with him, I practiced and I I learned what I was supposed to do and I learned so much and I tried again. I suppose that's good failure. Yeah. It's bad failure where you go, I'm, no, I just tried it once. I mean, you didn't do a good job, never doing it again. And even worse you don't do it in the first place. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be a very good politician if you did one interview and then swore yeah. off them because it didn't go well. Yeah. I mean, how many like, people have screwed up interviews in their political careers? Yeah. Well? I think, yeah, that's the thing. There's no, there's very rarely a point of like no coming back from it. Yeah. Because you can, you can make mistakes. People don't remember. People generally have a pretty short attention span. Yeah. And that means that no one else is as harsh a critic on themselves as you will be. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, look at any of your idols, right? Who's someone you respect? Oh God, you're putting me pick on the me, spot. Pick me, pick me. Yeah, sure. Henry. <laughs> this guy named <laughs> no. Henry Davis. <laughs> no, who's you know who's um, who's an idol? I suppose someone you look up to. Um, I don't know. God, I can't really think. Of I one can't now. think of anyone. I hate, I hate that. Was this. awkward. I thought you'd be. I mean, yeah, well, uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, you can. Edit I don't know. Next time, when you're thinking about it, think about someone who you really respect, and ask yourself, have they ever screwed up? Have they ever made a mistake? And often often it is quite scripted, and I think that's probably the problem, right? And say if you look at a politician, yeah, they spend their – how many hours a day do they spend prepping and making sure they don't make, make mistakes? But even when they do, um, you know, publicly they might have a gaffe or say something silly. Does it stay with them forever? Probably not. 
No. Yeah. I mean, like, on. think of, like, what, who was it? Tony Abbott eating an onion. Oh, yeah. Like, most I, – I remember it because that was a bit odd. But, like, most Australians, they've forgotten about that. And then yeah. we didn't remember until you say, like, oh, do you remember when he ate an onion? And then some would be like, oh, yeah, that's right. That was weird. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Yeah. But then, like, most of them would just be like, no, he did but that. But it's not why he lost his prime ministership. No, no, it's, <laughs> no it's, it's because of onions. Yeah, it's because that's why. It's not onions. <laughs> but I, I suppose that's a good example. It's it's There's nothing, like, it's hard politics, I suppose, especially if you have political aspirations or if you have political um, people that you look up to, is probably that is an environment where if you make a mistake, they're going to come after you. Really, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it is. But also, I think that's a good place to learn to make Trump's mistakes. Yeah, it is. The more he, mistakes he makes, the stronger he gets. But yeah, he owns them. He right? owns them. That's that's his thing, right? So, like, yeah. I went to America on a study tour, all about the U.S. presidential election, and we had a whole heap of like Democrats come in, and we had a whole heap of Republicans come in and give us all these lectures yeah. about Trump and what was going to happen in twenty twenty with the election and the Iowa caucuses and yeah, right. stuff and it was like it was really interesting and I asked so many questions yeah um but like the big thing that the Rep- Republican speakers really said was like Trump makes mistakes and then he somehow has this way of flipping it back and he's like oh no no fake news like the fake yeah. media has been able has been the one telling you that it's a mistake but it's not really a mistake it's good for all of these reasons yeah, yeah. I mean yeah and that's it's kind of interesting because it doesn't it's not fatal no. But then don't 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 say to me no, yeah. when you get something wrong. Like, <laughs> it's actually <laughs> Alex said you send this out to a client. No, fake news, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no. But that's the thing, it's the confidence. Like he yeah. completely believes he's doing the right thing all the time. Whether like you disagree or agree yeah. with him, he thinks he is on the right track, doing what's right. I and when he he's makes a mistake, yeah. That's what he's doing well, in my view, is that he's very accessible. And yeah. he's very real and it's what's in his brain. Whatever is in his brain comes out. And it goes on the Twitter feed and yeah. all of the people who are like, huh, we've never had a president who has spoken like us before or yeah. done the things we do. Like, yeah, he's we've a, he's now a human, got someone. Yeah, it's yeah. not this, like, perfect, like, cut out of a person. It's someone who makes mistakes and does mm-hmm. dumb things and, you know, goes golfing when they should be at a family function. And everyone's like, yeah, I want to be golfing. I don't want to be having, like, dinner with my whole extended family. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, and I suppose that's the problem is – even so, even just for you and I, right, or anybody in life, is if you set yourself up as an infallible God that never makes any mistakes, then the one you do make, they'll be all over it. But if yeah. you go, no, I make mistakes all the time. This is just one of them, and I'll fix it. I think that's the biggest thing. Is if you make a mistake, you fix it. Like if I, some a client say, well, did you do that thing? I'm like, nah, f- completely forgot about it. Let me find your email. I'll do it now. Yeah. They go, oh, no worries. And they go, well, that's a bit annoying, but, oh, well, that's okay. No worries. Well, let's do it now. And um, and it happens. But if you go, oh, I don't know. If you, I think if you lie, then you lose their confidence. Yeah. I think that's the thing because as soon as you're honest and you're like, oh, I've made a mistake, but this is plan of attack. Like, let's reframe. Yeah. Let's look how we're going to go forward. Then it's not really that bad. Like, that bad. It's mm. not that big of a deal. It's something didn't go to plan, but there's a new plan now, so who cares? Yeah. And I think... I think the biggest failure or mistake that people are facing at the moment, especially people who are finishing uni, is, well, what job do I pick? Yeah. And the way that I look at it, you know, I end up in law having gone into the military. And is anybody going to tell me, oh, well, that was a complete mistake and waste of time? No. no. You know, was it a mistake that I ended up being a lawyer and I picked the wrong career path or something? Well, 
absolutely not because um, all the training I got in there, I did, you know, drill and shooting and running and um, flying and radar operations and all this, all this experience that I have. Was it relatable at all to law? No, but, or maybe it was because I had leadership training and communication training and how to conduct myself and how to read and write and, and, and all that pressure, I suppose, and the experience that goes with it. And so I, I guess what I'm saying is if you don't know what you want to be, just pick something. So pick, if you want to, if you want to be a lawyer, just pick family law. If you, yeah. if you're not sure what you want to be, then pick a plumber, just, just pick something and start doing your best to get there. Because if you're not failing, if you're just sitting at home going, oh, I'm not sure what I want to be, then you are failing. You definitely are because you're not learning anything new. Yeah. So my dad, he originally went to university to be a doctor and he got to his sixth year. So he was like oh. six months out from graduating. Yeah. And he was like, screw this. I don't want to be around sick people for the rest of my life. Yeah. This is what I thought I wanted to do. Absolutely not. Dropped out, went and worked on a farm picking oranges. That was his grand plan yeah, right. for his life. And then he went back to uni and was like, okay, I really realized I hated this because I wasn't getting to be creative. I wasn't getting to explore that side of myself. Yeah. And so he went back and did architecture yeah. and never changed his job after that. He loved it. Like yeah. he took something, nearly could have spent the rest of his life being a doctor mm. because he was like too afraid to be like, no, this was a mistake. I'm not going to change my mind, change my career tra- yeah. trajectory. But he, yeah, he he was smart enough to be like, no, this isn't, yeah, yeah. This isn't it. I'm going to. But he would have been, it out. yeah, all the stronger yeah. for it. And so he probably wouldn't have come into architecture or wouldn't have been able to be as good an architecture, architecturer, <laughs> architecturer, architecturer, <laughs> um, as he is now without having that, that, that experience of like he gained skills. Yeah. And I mean, it was great. We didn't have to go to the doctor that much as a kid yeah. because he could always be like, oh, you've cut yourself. I know how to like yeah, clean yeah, that yeah. up and whatever. So it all worked out in the end. Yeah. And you have this huge skill set that you have there it's a it's a giant toolbox and and i think a lot of the skills that we're that we're learning you know so i you know i worked in a political office um not i didn't become a staffer but i learned how to write a letter i learned how to answer the phone i learned how to um you know organize documents and to take a take a request and turn it into something else and time management and how to work in a be around other office type people and what to wear to an office all that kind of stuff made actually working as a lawyer so much easier yeah. And way easier because it's the same thing, communication. The best thing I learned working in a political office was just how to, like, show up from 9 to 5.30. Yeah, that is hard. Yeah. It's like, not easy. It's, I remember my first day I was, like, 19 or something. Yeah. And, I'd, you know, I'd, I have been working forever and I'd worked, like, I work at the pub. I work until, um, you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night and I'm fine. Yeah. But come like 3 p.m. on that first day, yeah, I was falling tough. asleep at my desk. It was exhausting. Yeah, and using your brain as well. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's an absolutely a muscle is just coming to work from 9 to 5 and being able to focus or as focus the best you can. Yeah. You know, you have to drag me kicking and screaming to settle something before. <laughs> but And then it's 7 o'clock and he agreed to record a podcast. Yeah, so I can do that. We got that. But, but yeah, I, I suppose that's, I, yeah, that's the message is to... To keep going, make some mistakes, but learn something from them. Yeah, and, and review then, your mistakes. Yeah, review them and then reframe going yeah. forward. Yeah, and if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. Go go find someone who's going to be critical of you, who's going to tell you you're doing a bad job, who can tell you how to be a better you, 
and and take the good with the bad you know criticism isn't always constructive so take the good stuff leave the bad stuff and at the end of it you'll be a stronger person yeah and remember no one else wants you to fail so you're gonna yeah. be the hardest on yeah. yourself i mean um yeah i suppose with criticism right as a final kind of takeaway is that at school if you walk out of the toilet with you know out of the bathroom with toilet paper on your shoe yeah right it's your it's your enemies that laugh at you as you walk past but it's your friends who tell you to take it off um and when somebody criticizes you or they tell you you've made a mistake they're your friend because they're trying to make you stronger they're not your enemy yeah Yeah. definitely Mm. okay well we will leave that discussion there thank you henry for coming on the podcast thank you for being the first guest oh it's been great That is my discussion with Henry Davis all about mistakes and why they aren't the end of the world. Thank you so much for tuning in. And once again, thank you to Henry for being the first guest on this podcast and having such an informative conversation with me. If you'd like to keep up with the podcast, you can follow it along on Instagram at Tuesdays at Alexandra's. And you can also follow me at Alex Batheris on Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. And I'll be back next week so you can spend Tuesdays at Alexandra's. Bye, guys.